Revelation chapter 19. After this I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory of the mar- for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come, gather for the great supper of God, to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur, and the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse, and all the birds were gorged with flesh.
May God bless this reading and perceiving of your holy and precious word. Amen. Chapter 19 contains amazing events. The tribulation comes to an end. The marriage contract between Jesus Christ and the church, the body of Christ, is completed. And Armageddon is fought and Jesus wins quickly and totally. Let's dig in to chapter 19 and see what all God has for us here. First, we, we might say that chapter 19 is presented in four separate scenes. The first scene is in heaven. It's a heavenly victory celebration. The second scene is in heaven, and it's a flashback to the marriage of the church to the Lamb to the body of Christ, to Jesus. The third scene is also in heaven, and it's a flashback to John's mistake at falling down to worship before the angel. And the fourth scene is earth, where the warrior king, where Jesus Christ returns to earth to kill the enemies and claim his throne. The first scene, which is encompassed within verses 1 through 6, might be, and I've heard it referred to by a friend as the real hallelujah chorus. Hallelujah is is from two Hebrew words, hala, which means praise, and yah, which is short for Jehovah, meaning we praise the Lord. And there are four hallelujahs given in chapter 19. We might well call the whole chapter the Hallelujah Chorus because it is a a series of We Praise the Lord. The first Hallelujah is in verse 2 when heaven cries out in 100% agreement that God is righteous and true in all of his judgments. And we can rest in the fact that God is ever and always righteous and true in everything that he does and in every way. The second hallelujah is in verse 3 where there's a great praise of relief and acknowledgement that God has conquered the religious harlot Babylon as a system of religion, and it's evidenced by the continual rise of smoke from her destruction as to both the religious system as well as the city and the system itself. Then the third is in verse 4 when the 24 elders, which represents, as I understand it, the entire church and the four living creatures, uh, specifically shout amen and state we are in, agree- in agreement in their praise of Almighty God, Jehovah. And then in verse 5, everyone joins in saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. They all join together in a, in a great resounding voice, acknowledging and honoring the righteous judgment of the victor, Jesus Christ. We need to reflect back on what the the Hebrew marriage was like because the next scene in chapter 19 is the marriage supper of the Lamb where Jesus, the the Lamb, uh, is celebrating the marriage and flashing back on that, the marriage of Jesus and the church, the body of Christ. 
unlike a, a marriage in our day and time, in that day and time, there was an agreement, a contract called a ketubah. The way that worked, the groom would pick out a bride and he and his father would go to the bride's father and arrive at a price that he would be willing to pay for the bride. And then if the father of the bride agreed upon it, then a contract would be signed and the marriage is complete then. But then the the groom and the father would go away and the groom would prepare and build a room onto his father's house this is what he's talking about in John 14 when he says, In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again that where I am, there you may be also. So Jesus paid the price at Calvary when he died upon the cross. He paid the price for the bride price for us and the ketubah was entered into, and we are the the bride of Christ, the church, the body of Christ, and that contract has been in existence since then, but now it's consummated when we get to this second scene in the book of Revelation chapter 19. And all the time since the signing of the contract, we, the body of Christ, have been working on becoming the the bride and going through the process of sanctification uh we're we're contracted to to this marriage but we prepare ourselves for the physical joining by keeping ourselves pure for the bridal chamber in other words living the life that Christ has called us to that he gave his life so that we could have that that life and have that marriage and be united to Jesus and be restored to God the Father through the finished work of Jesus Christ, the groom. In verse 8, it says, It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And, of course, the righteousness of Christ is imputed to or, or like it's paid into our account, so to speak, but we're also called to be holy because God is holy and to live that kind of life. No, I certainly haven't done that perfectly or even well, quite frankly, but, but all of us fall short. But that's our goal daily is to live the life to recognize what God wants us to be when Christ returns for us. And then the angel said, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's no greater blessing than to be in Christ, to have your name written in the book of life. The disciples Jesus sent out, when they came back, they were saying, oh, we were excited we did this and we did that. And Jesus said, what you need to be excited about is to know that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. John is so excited with this vision, he says he fell down at his feet to worship him. This is the third scene. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. We're to worship God and God alone, never to worship another person and never to, to have any kind of idol or pagan worship of any kind. Worship God and God alone. 
Then the fourth scene in chapter 19 is the great battle that we call Armageddon. That comes from the gathering of many troops at Megiddo, and it's called Armageddon. The battle's not actually fought there. And so it says, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. We know in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the W in that Word in John 1, 1, and the 1 in in Revelation 19, 13 is likewise capitalized, the Word of God. Jesus is the living Word. And all of the armies of heaven are arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, and they were following him on white horses. Even though the the armies facing Jesus are millions upon millions of people from all over the earth who've joined with the, the Antichrist, the beast, and the false prophet to fight against Jesus and his army, the, the battle is over almost instantly. It says, from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and not just to strike them down, but he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. God has made it available from what's been created since the beginning of time to know who God is and to form the basis for a relationship by faith in God. God has sent so many signs, I couldn't count them. He's done so many things to show and reveal himself and to show and reveal what a good, loving, and great God he is and how he desires to love and care and watch over and provide for his people. But there's some that just refuse to ever receive that, and they constantly threw that up in his face. And they, even though Jesus came to die on the cross, that they are nonetheless guilty of killing Jesus as well as all the prophets. They killed all the prophets that they could. And so now's the day of reckoning. It's the battle of Armageddon, and they it's over in an instant. Jesus wins the battle, and they're all just, uh, they're part of the wine press of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. We need to understand that God's wrath is just like God's mercy. It's perfect in every way. He is not arbitrary in this. He has given all a chance, and those who turn his back, turn their back on his mercy and his grace and his gift of salvation suffer the consequences of their choices. They have a right to choose, and you can choose which path you want to travel in life, but you can't choose the consequences. God laid them out long before now. Then the angel called the the birds that fly overhead and said, you guys get ready. Uh, You're about to have a buffet of of human flesh and horse flesh, uh, more than anything you've ever seen or could ever even imagine. You're going to gorge yourself. You're going to overeat atrociously 
because the battle of Armageddon is going to be over in just a minute, and all of the armies of the of the earth of the enemy of the the king of the air, Satan will be defeated and their flesh will be available for your enjoyment and consumption, he spoke to the birds. And then the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet. This is the Antichrist and the false prophet uh, who had done the signs and deceived so many to receive the mark of the beast. And those very ones who receive that mark are the ones that are going to be food for the birds. Uh, It says these two, the Antichrist and the false prophet, the beast and the false prophet, were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And the rest, the whole rest, every single one of them were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse. And all the birds were gorged with their flesh. May God bless this reading and understanding of his holy word. Amen.